everybody, and welcome to another episode of Grey's Academy, your most favorite Grey's Anatomy podcast on the whole internet. I am one of your hosts, Kelsey. And I am one of your hosts, Carmen, and it is a beautiful day to podcast. And let me just tell you, this is a good episode. This is. This did is you wear a, a white t-shirt? Episode. Did you wear a white t-shirt just to get into the mindset of Denny Duquette? Uh, yes. Also, it, it does, in fact, say in Dolly We Trust on it. So. Uh, it doesn't say I Heart DP on it? <laughs> it does not. It does not. So I, I've gotten into this habit lately, everyone. Um, also, we did it. not talk at all before recording. So, like, this could go anywhere, right? That's true. <laughs> um, so, I've started sending all of the random shit that the Instagram... The worst thing that comes across Carmen's algorithm. <laughs> His first instinct is to send it to me. And most because of I my just... first instincts is to tell him, no, I hate yeah. that. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm going to mess up her algorithm because mine is mine is just insane. I don't open most amazing. of the things you send me like because well, you, you could look at them in the thing. And I'm like, I don't want this interfering with my algorithm because in Instagram really serves me the good reels and Instagram serves you like trash. So it's I don't need good. that in my life. That is high quality com, com uh, content and comedy. I disagree. But well, this is a good episode. It is a good. <laughs> That's episode. what matters. Um, it's true. And we we had to push recording back a little bit. So then we had to rewatch the episodes to be fresh in our little brains about how good it was because we wanted to make sure we really had lots to say. We and do I have did. A lot to I say. rewatched most of it. I did not get all of it rewatched. I watched all of it. Again. The, the only scene that I didn't I, I was really bummed that I didn't get to rewatch was the um, was the end scene with with Izzy and Denny and Alex and all that. Mm-hmm. So. We, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. And it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be so great. Also, I had like a mini stroke when I was thinking about this episode because I was like rewatching it and I was like, man, I'm so excited to see these pigs get stabbed again. Uh, not. <laughs> and I was like, nope, there's a whole other episode where someone, this someone very robot, sweet and old pigs. dies. Yeah. The robot, not the pigs. Um, but I thought you'd be very proud. This is what's hydrating me today in this episode. You see this? Oh, lemon perfect. Yeah. That is good for you. This is the best flavor. I love the lemon flavor. Jessica really likes I the do. white peach flavor. I think the white I like peach, the peach. I like the peach raz- is raspberry for me. one. Um, we we the four pack that we had had lemon, kiwi, watermelon, and peach. I just got. Is that what's at Costco? Because I got mine at the. Costco. I think so. Then yeah. yeah, I probably liked the peach one and the kiwi one. Love me. I had like six kiwis today. <laughs> kiwi <laughs> drinks or just a kiwi? No, just straight kiwis. Do you eat the skin? No. You're allowed to. That's a thing. People People eat eat kiwis like apples. Yep, you're actually allowed. There's a good amount of nutrients in the skin of the kiwi. It's unsettling because it's fuzzy, but so is a peach skin. So I really don't. I don't like peach skin. I love a peach. I love peaches, but I don't like that fuzzy. It's like the velvet feel. I also hate the feel of velvet. I will not touch velvet. velvet. What? the look of velvet but it's very on trend right now and also i'm wearing this blanket that is basically velvet right now. Mm, no that's very different than velvet i think it's the firm the firmness of velvet that i don't like anyways we're Grey's anatomy podcasters (laughs) (laughs) it's true Um, okay so this episode is 
um, the seventh episode of the fifth season, the 85th episode overall, and it is our 95th episode. So we are five episodes out from 100. That is pretty great, in my opinion. So I think for the 100, we might do like a QA and a or something of the sort. So I'll probably... Uh, a couple different times before before then throw a question box up on the Instagram to get people uh, get people's questions that they want us to get those cues for us to a from the from the people from the viewers. Mm-hmm. We have we a lot, get those a lot of new friends on the Instagram. A lot of new friends. We went. Um, uh, yeah, we, we're we're like big time now. You Did know? you watch that video that screen recording of my phone that I sent you? I did. We like, that's just what my phone looks like all the time. Is that a good feeling? You must feel very popular. Um, it's a little annoying. (laughs) It's like, it's not for me. And also it's just just turn off notifications from Instagram. I have, I have some of them turned off and I have some of them turned on. Cause I like a lot of times when people comment, I like want to make sure I like try and respond. So I like want to get those notifications so I can like interact. But, um, it's, I mean, it's great. I'm happy. But I'm just constantly like clearing it. And sometimes my just my phone is just like lighting up and I'm like, oh, who wants to talk to me? Nobody. Nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> I mean, I I you're you're uh, uh, one of my top three people that uh, comes up right when you go to send messages. Yeah. Do you yeah, want to try guessing the other two? Jessica. Mm hmm. Steve. No, Steve does not have an Instagram. Gabe. No, but it is in the friendship cult. Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mine are you, you, my sister, and Nathan. I I love that. I'm very happy with that. Also, yeah. does Michael still not use his social media? Because every once in a while, I'll send him something on Instagram. Oh no, he doesn't have the Instagram app on his phone. Or I might Facebook just start app. sending you stuff that I want him to see. You could just send it via text. No. I mean, that's fine. I'm not going <laughs> to be your male person. <laughs> Well, no, you're a female person. Yeah, but you're male with an eye person. Can you be my female person with an eye? No, I can be your female male person, though. <laughs> I love that in your neighborhood, the male person walks around, like walks and delivers the mail. I want That's you to know that I didn't. Insane. I didn't know that right away. <laughs> like, I we our ring doorbell would go off, and I would hear the slam of the mailbox, and I'd look out and I'd be like, "Hello, who's there? Don't kill me." <laughs> And he's a sweet, like, dude. He's been, like, delivering yeah. mail in this neighborhood for, like, 25 years. His name is Matt. He's got a ponytail and everything. Yeah, when I was there last year and I, he came up, I was like, no way is this a real thing that's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. All right. This episode is 90, okay. 95th episode. For us. 85th for Grey's Anatomy. Um, And it is called Rise Up. And that is a song. Rise up, not the phrase from Hamilton. Although you're Hamilton say something dis- about Hamilton. Rise up, yeah, of course, obviously. Uh, shout out to our dear friend Megan, who's made some really incredible Hamilton oh content. Yes. Uh, I said, I think I said content, content, content. I, dude, I could eat some conch right now. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, just, I love conch fritters. Oh my god, I just eat. I just it's just straight up grilled grilled conch. Mm. When you guys come back over here, we're gonna we're gonna fire up that grill and use that meat stick and really just cook up some delectable treats. Anyways, yeah, shout out to our friend Megan. 
really good content. Rise Up, not the Hamilton. This is the R. Kelly uh, song, Rise Up, which I know 2023, we're talking about R. Kelly. Wow, crazy. Uh, I have never heard this song before. So when I listen to it, it's it's talking about uh, rising up Virginia, you know, and I was trying to look up to see if there was anything specifically uh, specifically for the state of Virginia that this song was about. And I couldn't find anything. So if there's something that I missed, please let me know. Uh, but anyways, the specific song Rise Up did not uh, chart, but the album Double Up released on May 29th, 2007 uh, did have some some pretty uh, decent response. It reached number one on the top R&B hip hop albums on Billboard uh, 100. It was number four on the U.S. digital albums, and it, the album itself reached number one on the Billboard 200. So really, really pretty pretty uh, solid there. It hit as, as high as number 19 in Canada, number 46 in Germany, 62 in Italy, 37 in Sweden, 39 in Switzerland, 10 in the U.K. So um, it had some some international appeal, which is uh, pretty impressive. I don't know a ton about R. Kelly other than the uh, the not so good stuff, yeah. which uh, Kelsey's going to to elaborate here in, in, in a couple minutes. The song did not get downloaded to my iTunes library, both out of principle. And it's also like it's just an OK song. But yeah, when you have a hit like I Believe I Can Fly, pretty much everything else is just sad comparatively. So, uh, anyways, the, the chorus, obviously talking about it just rise up, rise up over and over, but there's this one, there's this one verse that I will say, regardless of what, you know, we feel about R. Kelly, you see struggle so hard, no color, and you miss the price. You're my sister. I'm your brother. And side by side, we'll face this thing standing tall. You and me rise up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on in this world right now when it comes to race, gender inequality, um, LGBTQ plus community and, and the struggles that they're facing uh, from a government that's supposed to be supporting all of these people. And, you know, we're not going to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I think, um, you know, it's very important that even if we do have this, uh, that one line side by side, we'll face this thing regardless that's kind of how I feel. So anyways, the song is a two out of five. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, when I told Carmen, I was like, oh, this episode or this song was written by R. Kelly. That's like not a good look now. Obviously, a lot of the um, uh, allegations started in the early uh, 2000s. Um, and there's just, you know, it's just gone downhill. Um, luckily there has, it does feel like there has been some justice served. He is currently serving like 20 plus years in prison. Um, so, uh, a lot of it is just horrific. There's a lot of sexual exploitation of minors, bribery, sex trafficking, um, producing child sex abuse material, enticing children it's just it's just icky we do not stand so we do not not we do not stand, stand. so yeah just wanted to acknowledge that we know that and we know yeah. that that's bad there's also i think we've talked a, 
about this like off the cuff or it was on Patreon where, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm eating mac and cheese right now <laughs> as, as we record. There's, there's some ability that we have as podcasters and as, and as people where we can separate the art from the artist, right? Mm-hmm. Although I think sometimes when the, the artist is just so icky, it really, it, it gets hard at that point to go back and say, you know, like what it, it begs the question, what is or what isn't forgivable, right? Right. Like, can we forgive Kanye for being insane and interrupting Taylor Swift? Yeah, probably. But can we forgive R. Kelly for creating and producing and disseminating child pornography right like yeah also can we forgive kanye for being a raging anti-semite probably not right actually i forgot about that i I take back my comment i i genuinely forgot about that part some some of the things he did i feel like yeah we we got over it and then he just did it's not i it's very not good it's a bummer for a lot of people involved anyways grace anatomy uh so this episode was written by William Harper, directed by Joanna Kearns, aired November 6, 2008 to 15.63 million viewers. And the Netflix synopsis is the chief tells the residents that one of them will get a solo surgery and a competitive frenzy ensues. And in Sue, it does. It surely does. Yeah. Sue really didn't even have a big part of the, in the episode, though, you know? No, no, no. Neither did your sense of humor. Mm. But that's okay. We're used to it at this point, I think. So. Wow. I've actually been on a on a hot streak at work lately. I've been making some re- really just oh, high Oh, you're saving them all jokes. for work. That's yeah, that's what, that's what that's it is. That's what it is. That's why I'm out. Okay. So... <laughs> Can you read the Netflix synopsis one more time? I think I missed it because I was trying to save up my dad joke. And clearly it didn't go well. Um, well, I said ensue at the end of it, but okay. Um, <laughs> the chief tells the residents that someone is going to get a solo surgery and a competitive frenzy ensues. Yeah, they also forgot return of fan favorite, Denny Duquette. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is the How to Get Away with Murder crossover episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, sweet, sweet old person love. Yes. Um, and that guy was in Grey's, I mean, Gilmore Girls. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's a Mrs. Maisel crossover as well. Um, nope. And I was, I meant to say Amy Sherman Palladino. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if he was in Maisel. <laughs> um, no, I don't know either. And I was going to say something else. Oh, I, so I read the, um, like the writer's blog post from when this one aired and the guy, this was the first time he's ever directed an episode of Grey's. Um, and he said he was like, or written, sorry. He said he was a, like, he's was a big fan before he ever got like a meeting with Shonda. And, um, so he got, the like the job to work on the show with her and she was like yeah we are gonna bring denny back in this episode and he was like oh shit because he said he was a huge fan already of the show and like he always loved denny so he was like oh hell yes that's uh that's like 
a lot of pressure to put on one person because everyone <laughs> like loved Denny, right? Like that was yeah, a big. Yeah, I feel like that's the consensus for sure. Is like he's very popular, man. And just every time I see him, I forget. Like that's a handsome guy. He is so much. It's like wild how much not laying down does for him. <laughs> <laughs> like really when he brings stands the up, color like, out oh, his cheeks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know why laying down is such like a not flattering angle for that man but as soon as he stands up you're like damn dude that's a good looking fellow yeah and izzy said yes to him while he was laying down imagine if she if, know. You know he was standing up yeah uh really? i'm trying to think what other the other big points uh in this episode oh uh, we get this is the mark mark flirting with christina episode yeah hilarious um and uh trying to think if there's any other things Lexi, Lexi gets some cadavers for the interns. That mm-hmm. doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Owen anyone listening mad. to this. What's that? Owen is mad. Owen is mad about everything in this episode. Like literally everything. Everything yeah. sets this guy off. So yeah. if you're listening to this episode and you're trying to think, okay, well, what, what happened in this episode? That's pretty much it. So we're going to go ahead and talk about some stuff. And uh, Kelsey, where do you want to start? I'm going to open up my Lemon Perfect, I think. Um, I think... Let's start with Derek and Bailey and the the old people. Mm. Also, I like that Derek and Bailey are together a lot in this episode. That makes my heart happy. They've got just great, great on screen chemistry. They're yeah. just they they're, they really riff off each other. Yeah. Um. And what? So what uh, are their sorry. names? Ed and Rosie. Good old Ed and Rosie. So um, we meet Ed and they're Rosie. They're old, literally yeah. old. Yeah. We meet Ed and Rosie as kind of this what what do they call them? They call them the pinnacle, the pinnacle the, of love. Like, That's the like the golden, the holy grail, the holy, holy grail, grail of yeah, marriage. Like golden something, holy grail of marriage, yeah, yeah. And this is seconds after we see Derek walking up, and um, uh, Bailey is yelling at Tuck on the phone about the marriage counseling. Yeah, and it's going really well. Yeah, and Derek is like, "Oh man, how's marriage counseling going?" Or oh, like obviously, it's one of those comments that are. It's one of those questions that you know the answer to, and you're just saying it just to like make small talk. Yeah, and Bailey was Bailey was like, it, "Yeah, we were arguing about the counseling. How do you think this shit is going, yeah. Derek? What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, Anyways. also, and he's like, "Oh, Addison and I did counseling." She's like, "Right before you got divorced." <laughs> yeah. I still think a Bailey and Tuck are going to get a divorce. It's for the sake of the storyline. Yeah. Um, for the drama. The drama. Um, yeah, so they have the patient. The woman has a, like a tumor in her brain that is like not a big deal, but they're just going to take it out anyways for whatever reason. Well, she said it was causing her pain. Oh, okay. Um, and so, you know, they've been together forever. She's had lots of surgeries. He's like, they're like, oh, we always kiss and say night night. And then we wake up and say hello again. And, and they were like, yeah, that was an intense kiss. They were like macking. They were, and they she were signs a DNR. Face. Yeah. 
So, you know, that's great. Um, that's when you knew she was going to die. Yeah, I was going to ask you, when did you know she was out of it? For Yeah, for as, sure. as soon as the DNR was signed, I was like, there's no, like, there's no way she's waking up. Yeah. Although I did not expect to be so... Emotionally like, destroyed? Yeah. Man, that... We'll get to that in a second. It's fucking but, brutal. So they do the you, surgery. Her tumor... Hemorrhages. Like, hemorrhages. Her brain starts to swell. They can't relieve the pressure in time. So, like, she's not... It's it's the end times. Like, she's not waking up from this one. And it first gets rough when Derek's like, she might not make it through the night. And he's like, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, bro. Like, Fuck mm. you. I get it. We've been here before, dude. Get on my level. Um. Yeah, so... Um... It's just so sad. Like, yeah. damn, it's so sad. Um, they're so they. It's one of those things where he's like, "I'm so prepared, I'm so prepared." But when push comes to shove, he's like, "No, I'm not prepared," because they've like been quote unquote prepared, but it's never happened before, and it's actually like happening. And he's, I mean, like, how do you live your whole life basically like with somebody and then like they're just gone? I I don't know, and I'm hoping. That uh, either I go two seconds before Jessica or, uh, you know, we go at the same time. You know, I don't I don't want to live that life. Yeah, I don't want to go because I would I would be Ed. I'd be sitting there going, oh, yeah, no, totally. We're prepared. (laughs) Fuck. She's dead. And then when he starts doing the chest compressions, when she doesn't wake up or when she starts to code and he's like, "Uh, Dr. Bailey what are you doing? You're just standing there. My wife is dying. And she's like, yeah. that's, that's what you want. We told you this is it. And he starts doing yeah. his chest compressions and Kelsey that like, yeah, shit. Well, it's like he does them and then it cuts away and they go to something else. And then it comes back and like Bailey's like giving him oxygen. Cause he's been doing them for so long that he like can't breathe. And it's just like, ouch, my heart. <laughs> Yeah. It's so sad. And then like And he's he, old. Yeah. He does not have like he's dripping sweat. Yeah, he can't breathe. Yeah. And like then you know it's at that point he's like he's been the one that's doing it. So if he stops then it's like he's the one that's letting her die. So then he's like, "Well, I can't be the one that lets her die." And Bailey's like, "I can." And then she realizes she can't. Because this is like, you know, they said the holy grail of marriage. So if she lets them die, then like her marriage is obviously going to die. Like that's the the metaphor or whatever. Like, um, so then Derek has to step in and do it. I'm like, geez, how many people is, it's just like so upsetting. And then like when he just like shakes Ed's hand and Ed just like wanders out into the, into the world without his wife. Like, it's so sad. Yeah. I think realistically, in a in a true scenario where that happened, he's not just shaking his hand as well and walking away. He's probably there's probably more that's going to it, and also there's probably a couple of days where uh, he just is like, I I yeah I, I need I don't know what to do, like yeah I don't know how long the bodies typically stay there after after a death in the hospital. I don't know because remember they had they told Izzy they had to move Denny mm, to the morgue. That's true, but how long after was it? I mean that was like. She went home to change into her prom dress and it was still prom. 
Yeah. That's a long time. Gosh, I do remember the scene, the look on Denny's face when he's like, huh, that didn't feel right. I'm dead now. He's like, and just lays his head back. And then you see him and he's fucking gray. I I feel like I need to watch that scene again tonight. Can you find that and send it to me so I don't go accidentally seeing Yes, I can do my best. So... With this, with this, we then, uh, uh, Bailey is like, ah, yeah, I can't do it. I like that you, you called that metaphor out because I did not get that. I definitely see it. I'm assuming you took that mm-hmm. off of the writer's blog post. I thing. actually, I had noted it myself. Oh, really? Um, but then it was also on the writer's blog. And then I felt very like. You're, you're learned, you know? I, uh, you know, it's, it's, I've watched it a lot. And then it, I also feel like watching it with the the intent that we watch it with has made me like look for certain things. Um, because you know, like, yes, it is a show that's meant for like casual viewing. However, there are also like, they know that that some of us are like insane people who are going to look for the other stuff. And, and the writers I'm sure also get, you know, enjoyment about with putting things like that in. And it's like, is the episode lesser if you don't realize that? No, but like, it's, it's also great if you do realize it. So I think it's good writing, but yeah, I felt very like I gave myself a little pat on the back when I saw it confirmed in the blog. I was like, Oh yes, go me. I nailed it. That is a smart co-host we have here. AP English. Look at that. A million years later. It is, it is interesting. Um, and I, and I want to call a parallel to the blacklist here. Okay. Derek takes the blame and the guilt off of Ed and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let, he says, he basically says, let me take that for you. Let okay? me be the one that lets her die. Yeah. Do you remember in the blacklist? I don't remember what the context was, but he was, uh, uh, Raymond was talking to Liz. Mm-hmm. And was like, let me be the person who eats all of this darkness. Let me be this, like, darkness eater or, like, the, let me... I feel like I remember the conversation, but I don't remember the I don't context. remember the context. But there's something about someone who has, at that point, so much guilt inside of them or they've been around death so much... Yeah. That they say, listen, I recognize that you like this one is not one that you need to take. Yeah. You know, and Bailey was not Ed was not prepared to take it. Mm-hmm. Once he started, he couldn't stop. And Bailey, same thing. Once she started, yeah. she couldn't stop. And and Derek was like, I, I get it. Neither of you two are going to kill this woman today. I yeah. will. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So sad. Um. Good scene for good, good episode for Derek. Other than, you know, whoring out Mark to try to have sex with Christina. Hilarious though. Um, but other than that, really good episode for Derek. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, was there anything else for that couple specifically we wanted to add? It is, it's just, um, Bailey made kind of like an offhand comment, uh, while they're doing the surgery and Derek's like, Oh, did you learn that in, couples counseling and she's like mm-hmm. no that does not work these yeah these I, two bitches I mean, yeah. never did couples counseling and it's like don't be too, don't be a proud proud person bailey it's, yeah, it's, it's like fine you don't know that they first of all you don't know that they didn't do counseling and second of all don't right. talk about counseling as though it does absolutely nothing because 
uh, people don't go to counseling to have the counselor fix their problems. They go to counseling to f- have someone help them figure out how to fix fix things um, or even yeah. sometimes maybe decide if you really want to fix things. There's so much more to a relationship than just like, quote unquote, getting through it. Like sometimes you have to figure out how to communicate. You know, people communicate in different ways. Some people need to hear things differently. It's just like how everyone has different love languages. Like, I feel like that applies to a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people listen to different podcasts. And (laughs) if you go and talk to your counselor, what they'll say is you need a healthy dose of Grey's Academy. And if they don't, then you should say to them, have you heard of Grey's Academy? You should check that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point of therapy. And it's beautiful. (laughs) Pouring out our podcast. Um, That's all I have for Ed and Rosie, though. It's it was it was a really good. Oh, when Good he's like, line. Rosie, don't leave me. I'm like, ow, 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 my feelings. I, so also I, we could, the DNR piece, mm-hmm. it's no extreme measures. So anything once there's a code. Options. But like in, in this situation, it was not a resuscitation. It was just a prolonging, right? They could have probably done other well, things. They could I have mean, done the I shock think- or they could have. Well, that's resuscitating. Right, right. No, no, I'm saying if if the if the DNR wasn't there. Oh, okay. I'm saying they did if Technically, Ed CPR didn't jump in, they would have done nothing. Under, oh, under, is it is it under that, that umbrella of resuscitation? That is a method to resuscitation. Got it. Um obviously like the point like if a DNR like if you don't follow it, you can be like sued for assault, but he would be the person suing them. And like obviously that's not or like if you resuscitate the person and then they are alive, they can sue you um, for assault because technically they're basically being like, I don't consent for you to like touch me essentially. And then you do. So then that's like assault. This is the way this has been presented to me via medical shows. This might be super incorrect. <laughs> Not a doctor. Not a doctor. Anyways. Yeah. That's all I got for Ed and Rosie is a good, good, uh, good storyline. Heart wrenching. Nice and sad. <laughs> Yeah, we love those good that we we get we get characters introduced to us yeah. just well, for Shonda like, to kill them. Nobody died last week, I think, so we were we were definitely due. Yeah, we this is this is it though. This is the only death we get in this episode, right? Yeah, that we know yeah. of because we don't know what happens with that that guy who gets the shit beat out of him. Oh yeah, I just assumed that this was it. We don't get any more about him. Yeah, I'm hoping that he lived, but um. Mm. Not really a resolution on that one, but let's talk about. Is there resolution next episode? Uh, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> wow. So now you're actively trying to mislead me as opposed to just giving me zero information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am going to burp though. Um, so. All right. What's next? Um, let's talk about Derek and Meredith and Christina and Mark and Christina. <laughs> okay. So Derek is upset because Meredith and Christina are like, reading these diaries like they're freaking fantasy books and they're just like going through them and then talking to each other all night long about you know what happened and this and this and this and like oh when she held her attractor for 200 million hours and then she did this surgery on like a three-week-old teeny tiny baby and like Meredith she didn't love you she doesn't talk about you at all like fun things like that and so Derek's annoyed because Meredith doesn't have the decency to leave the room and talk about on the phone anywhere else in the house. 
and Derek doesn't have the brain to go sleep on the couch. Um, so Derek's like not getting a lot of sleep and he gets mad and he tells Mark that he needs him to sleep with Christina so that she'll talk to Meredith less. Cause when she was with Burke, she talked to Meredith less like Burke helped is what he says. And I love the moment with Bailey where she's like, Oh, did you tell her either Yang goes or I go? And he says, I don't think I would win that one. <laughs> it's a good, good to be self-aware. Yeah. Well, even then Bailey was like, you know, they're a pack, they're, they're a package deal. You should know that by now. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. uh it's it's interesting it's an interesting opening scene. We got no recap, right? Mm, uh yes. it's just them talking about their books. Like you said, it's the no boyfriends, no feelings, hardly mentioning Meredith, which <laughs> I think is so funny. I think one of them actually said, but there's no quotes around it, uh, like the Harry Potter Potter books I never had. Yeah. Christina says that. Yeah. Also, I never read the Harry Potter books. I'll I'll although I did uh at work the other day i said what harry potter house are you so i know what house to deduct points from and uh because they had they had dropped something and i was like oh i don't actually know anything about harry potter and i was like neither do i and i tried to make this reference to connect with you with you youths and here i am looking like a fucking dummy so thanks a lot kid college kid those gen zers those gen zers Um, um but uh Giving death the finger was another note that I wrote with that opening, uh, with that opening scene, and I don't know if it was a I dialogue think that, was that Meredith her, was saying in her monologue, her over, yeah. whatever it's called, voiceover. I almost said overture. That's not overture. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, in her voiceover, I think she said that. But so they're talking. So Derek is like, "Oh, I'm going to solve this by getting Mark to sleep with Christina because Mark sleeps with everybody." And so he, I love the scene where he goes to the elevator and goes, I need you to sleep with Christina Yang. And Mark just goes, good morning. (laughs) (laughs) So good. It is so funny. I also Um, wrote that. I wrote the, I need you to have sex with Christina Yang. Good morning. I wrote that. That's just so fucking funny. Yeah. Um, And then Mark says no. And then Derek tries to reverse psychology him and he still says no. And then Derek's like, you slept with my wife. And Mark goes, yeah, I'll give it a shot. So he's like playing the, you remember when you broke up my marriage card? It is, first off, that he has that forever. At one point, Mark has to be like, dude, that's it. You've used them all. (laughs) You've used all those times. You don't even care about her anymore. You're in a happy relationship now. You're welcome. So, but I did write that he, so he called Christina too serious, humorless, and unfun. I don't think that this is the first time that Mark has called someone unfun, which just makes me so happy. It's just a, such a hilarious way to call someone boring. <laughs> She's that not person boring. is so unfun. No, that's what he's calling her. In his mind, she is a boring, unfun person because yeah. she's too serious and because uh, I think deep down he knows that she doesn't want to. She's not going to want to have sex with him. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that is that is how it plays out. She doesn't. So lots of hilarious moments of him trying to hit on her and her being beyond oblivious. Like, yes. it would never even cross her mind that that would be a thing that would happen. Um, and I was trying to think back about, like, when her and Burke first got together, and there really wasn't, like, flirting. There was just, like, in, intense tension. And then, like, 
over like cases and surgeries and, and, you know, like obviously she's turned on by talent and skill, which she said before. And so then they finally, like, I guess I think they had like, were in a really intense surgery and then they left and they were like either in the stairwell or the on-call room together. And then it just like finally like exploded for them. Didn't I predict that they were going to get together? Didn't I say that? And I was right. Christina and Burke. Yeah. I don't think you did say that. But I don't I feel like first episode I met them, I said, they're going to get engaged and he's going to leave her at the altar. Yeah, you definitely need to do that. Um, Anyways. Yeah. There's a lot of good scenes where Mark is just saying, like, he just, like, I like the one where uh, the, the, she does the consult. And he shows up and he's like, page me for a console. I was hoping you wanted to see me. And she's like, yeah, I yeah, did for, for the console. fucking console. Yeah. Over in trauma one. And the, the look on his face, he's like, huh? Okay. <laughs> and uh, I guess the, I'll the go next do the time when he's like, I don't remember what he says, but she's like, oh, I've been paged down and she just leaves. And he goes, this does not happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the, at the end, yeah. he when when she's at the desk and he's like, "What's your deal? I've been hitting on you all day." He yells it in the <laughs> middle of the hospital, like <laughs> so inappropriate. No one even looks. No one even turns around to look and see what what what's going on here. Yeah, it's so funny because he's like, "What is wrong with you?" And she's like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "I've been hitting on you." And then she just starts laughing hysterically in his face and just leaves. Um, and then he yells like, oh, it was Derek's idea. So then when Derek gets home and Christina and Meredith are like going over the diaries again, Meredith's like, seriously, Mark, really? That's what you're doing? Mark, really? <laughs> I actually would really, I would enjoy a little spinoff TV series where it was just the four of them going on double dates. <laughs> <laughs> Could not imagine a world. Of Mark and Christina together. I have been in dual best friend relationships before, and it is fun. And currently. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Just took our honeymoon together, but that's fine. Yeah, well, you know, it's hard to remember these things when you're out here calling me not funny and my dad jokes aren't good, so. Well, it's not my fault. Uh, I think it is though. Maybe, maybe it's it's not so much the joke as it is you really aren't setting me up the way that you should be. I said the word that sent off the joke, so I definitely set it up. You are just bad at stuff. It's fine. I'm I'm gonna continue to be your friend. I just like it's fine. Do you pretty pretty please it. promise to stay with me and do this podcast? Oh, God, I don't I can't do it for eight years. We're gonna have to step it up. <laughs> we gotta point. speed it up. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, but I, I think that'd be funny. I imagine them, like, they're going on a date, and uh, anytime Derek, like, touches Meredith, Mark would look at him, get jealous and competitive, and try to touch uh, Christina, and she would be like, why Why are you touching me? <laughs> why away. is this happening? She, and then I think about the scene where they, where Christina and Burke were on a date, and it was just so awkward until someone, yeah. like, had a heart attack, and they're like, I love our relationship. <laughs> also... Like the scene where he goes into the surgery and he's like, I know you like cracking open chests, but you're going to love to watch me manipulate a little skin. And I was like, that is the <laughs> grossest way you could have possibly said that. Manipulate a little skin? Like, are you kidding Ugh. me, Mark? 
Man, I manipulated a little skin earlier today, if you know what I mean. Okay, let's just not. With my wife. Okay, let's not. <laughs> um. So, yeah, was there anything else? What I'm trying the... to say, Kelsey, is... no, I'm not going to say it. Don't worry. Is what there anything say? else with the Mark and Christina of it all that you need to discuss? Uh, the only thing that I will say, and I, I guess this kind of leads in a little bit to the to the hunt situation, is like she they they say that she uh, uh, Derek Derek said mm-hmm. that she's a single malt Scotch. She's right? complex, yes. And uh, Mark calls her a cheap wine that gives you a bad <laughs> headache that you can feel in your fucking teeth. Yep. So. <laughs> funny because here's the thing anyone who's ever drank shit wine knows exactly what he's talking about and there there was a there was a special in one of the chicago walgreens nearby that was like a gallon of red wine and it was two dollars is it in like a gallon like a milk jug it was in a it was in like a glass Oberweiss gallon yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like two dollars. Like seriously, so cheap. And it was it was just disgusting. I don't even know <laughs> if it was actually berries or it was like water with wine flavoring. Uh <laughs> but it it was it was bad. And we there was four of us that drank the entire gallon together and we 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 drank it all and we were pretty pretty smashed and it was not good it was terrible it felt you get the you get the hangover while you were drinking it you know it was that bad um but yeah no the the way that he described that was so funny because then at the end of that hunt Mm -hmm. sees and he's like hmm what the fuck does that mean yeah let me investigate so yeah i mean let's just get into the the owen aspect of it as well um so owen is like trying so hard not to get personal with anything in this episode that like it builds up to the point where then he gets, takes it very personally um, and gets mad that they aren't being like personal with the patient. Like they're treating the patient as just a patient and not as a person, Um, which honestly I think is a fair thing to get upset about. Um, and, uh, you know, at the beginning of the episode, Richard pulls him aside and he's like, Hey, like, we're going to be picking our solo surgery, um, resident soon. And I would love your opinion because like, you don't really know them that well. And like, that's rare around here. So I'd love like a fresh set of eyes essentially. Um, and so then he's like observing them and he's asking Callie's opinion and she's immediately getting personal. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, He's getting mad that Christina wants to win the solo surgery and he's getting mad that Alex wants it. And they're just like kind of losing in his eyes, losing sight of the fact that these are also people and not just like a way and means to an end of like getting this surgery Uh, again, which is valid for him to be mad about, especially like as a teacher, like bedside manner. And like there are multiple ways that you care for a patient when you care for a patient. But also, you got to think, like, even from, like, the PTSD side of things, the military side of things, he saw his his brothers in arms mm-hmm. just slaughtered on the battlefield. And that's changed him so much that the way he felt about, felt about Christina is, like, it, it doesn't exist anymore in his head, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's an interesting... So, did I... What did I say about Hunt? Did I say that I liked him or did I say I didn't like him? You said you did like him. I did like him. Good. Because I do like his... He's 
a very they're they're writing him as a very complex layered character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like the Shrek onion <laughs> of Grey's Anatomy so far. Mm-hmm. Which I guess in this episode would make Alex the donkey and Christina is like not Fiona, but she's also not Lord Farquaad. Maybe she's the <laughs> dragon. I don't know. Uh anyways. So the metaphor kind of falls apart if you give it literally any thought, but it's yeah. right there. It's so Thank close. You. It's so close. So it's not as good <laughs> as our that that Patreon episode that we're Patreon episode that we're gonna do about making all Grey's Anatomy characters into Starbucks drinks. It doesn't flow <laughs> yeah, as well as that. That's you know, that's top tier yeah. complexity. Spoiler um, alert, George is just a fucking <laughs> cup of ice water. Just a grande hey, cup of ice water. Poor George in this one. Um, Actually, we 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 said that back in season two. That's not fair. He's he's so, grown. Yeah. Also, what else is Hunt doing in this? He's yelling at Callie. He's yelling at Christina. He's like trying to get rid of Christina. Um, and I I mean to me it kind of comes off. It's not so much I don't know. I feel like it's just trying to keep everyone at arm's length. And like because he's already had in in my view, multiple like intimate moments with Christina, like they had the kiss before. And then he has now shared with her his, at at least at the surface level, the trauma that he went through, um, very quickly upon, upon returning. So, you know, I think a lot of people maybe don't share that right away. That's maybe something that, that comes at a later time. Um, not to say that I disagree with him sharing that. Like she, I felt it felt organic to the moment when he, when he brought it up, just like, you know, she kind of reciprocates it in this episode, which I think is perfect. Um, and so he's upset and then he gets really mad about the Alex and Christina arguing over the like really beaten up guy and yells at them and then tells the chief that the residents are garbage and that he's not going to work there anymore, which is like an overreaction, which he admits to. Um, but when he said that, did you actually think like, Oh my God, is he going to leave? No, no, I didn't think he was going to leave because he's, he's clearly processing a lot of stuff and he's upset, mm-hmm. but it's, I think, uh, cause this also in this episode, Weber's like, Hey dude, um, I see you've been here for three days straight. Do you sleep? Uh, so clearly he's he's processing some things in an unhealthy way. And I think mm-hmm. that this was just kind of the manifestation of all of it coming to the end because he you see a little bit of that annoyance to Weber. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. like I don't I don't fucking know these people. My opinion means nothing. I literally well, it's my first then, day. So here. Weber's like, oh, do, or he asks Richard, he's like, Do you keep tabs on all of your people or just the new ones and then he says like at the end when weber asks him he's like it's only been a day yeah but also they're all garbage <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, they're immature they're uh, inarticulate they need they to learn respect a, they have a lot to learn yeah which i'm like again it's true and he's in a great position to teach them but yeah but he's not he i think he has yet to find the line because I think to be a good doctor and to be a good teacher, you are going to have to get, be able to have a little bit of personal, you know, kind of flow in. Like if you're going to connect with yeah. your, um, the people you're teaching, but also with your patients, like obviously you have Izzy at like the one end of the spectrum who will like connect with a rock. And then you have people like Alex and Christina who, who try and stay more disconnected and like pulled back. Um, and, 
And then I think he, because I mean, I don't, but they haven't told us, <clears throat> excuse me yet, what his history is pre, like, did he just go into the army? Was he a doctor before that? Sorry, I have to cough. No, you're good. While, while she's ca- coughing over there, the other thing that I wanted to say, like, and I'm glad you're getting to this point of all kind of leading up, but like my note in the beginning was <clears throat> Hunt is being, it, he, it seemed like he was going out of his way to de- to be a D-bag. But in this episode, yeah, there's a little bit to everyone who's a, who's a, uh, a resident, but it seemed very targeted towards Christina. So it seemed, and she even at one point says, like, it's Hunt hates me. Han. It's worse than Han. Yeah. So uh, I want to get back to what you were saying, but I did want to point out that I like even as a first time viewer, it felt very targeted towards Christina. Yeah. And it felt like if I was him, it's like an overcorrection. He's yeah. overcorrecting the hatred and the disdain and the the targetedness towards Christina because there was something internally that he liked of her to start. Yeah, I think for sure there's like a fear of connection because he's just gone through this terrible trauma and loss. And so it's like, well, this person that I've like kind of already potentially had that with, like I want to keep them at arm's length and like not let that closeness come back and like potentially get hurt again or hurt them because of like of where I'm at right now. But what I was saying is we don't know his history. You know, did he just go straight into the army versus was he practicing medicine as a civilian prior Um, and I think that would also give more insight to his, because like when you're in the field, it's going to be different bedside manner. Well, like you still have to have a bedside manner because you're still treating people and you have to comfort people and everything. But like, it's going to be different than like the controlled environment that is a hospital where people are like coming in electively and being like, Oh, I want to have, you know, I'm just here for a routine thing versus, you know, I'm fighting for my country and I'm losing my life and people are dead all around me. Like just definitely different environments to practice medicine in. So it's definitely an, I would see an adjustment going from practicing in an active war zone to practicing in an ER. Yeah, absolutely. And then we get kind of this, this, these, these two scenes are very intertwined because one causes the other. And, you get the scene where uh, Alex, Christina, and Lexi are all in the same room, and the guy the the guy's coding. So we don't know what's, we don't actually mm-hmm. know what's going on with this guy, but it looked like he was a lot. What they said, <laughs> the, someone beat the shit out of him, and then they threw him off a bridge or some something yeah. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Insane. That's some mafia stuff. No one so, deserves that. <laughs> no, no one deserves that. So. Lexi finally tells Christina off. She's like, you literally aren't teaching me anything. You said that you just learned this thing in your first week. I've been on the show now for how long? And I don't know anything, right? (laughs) Like the writers have given me nothing to work with here. Uh, I understand what she's coming from, but I'm also confused because last week it was just Christina and her interns with the pigs. And it did look like the interns were doing a lot, but continue. Yeah. Which obviously, so like take that with a grain of salt, but and then they're they're fighting over who's going to do the surgery because Christina just traded Alex, you know, for three cadavers people. to get on this. And mm-hmm. they're, he's like, no, Dibs, this is mine. And that's when Hunt goes, like, you guys are looking, you picked this guy over like fucking vultures, like fucking yeah. children. Like, like he's not like, even dead. And like in, yeah. at the beginning when he came in, Christina tells Lexi, like, go get an unclaimed body from, form from the morgue or whatever. And Owen's like, are you fucking kidding me? He's alive. And she's like, well, I'm trying to be prepared. And he's like, well, don't. (laughs) 
Like I, I see both sides to that. Yeah. It's one thing to be prepared, but when being prepared is just like assuming that someone's going to die when you're trying to save them. I don't know if that like informs your mindset when you're going in. I mean, it's just, again, everyone's going to be different in those scenarios. And I will say, yeah, it does feel like Owen is targeting her, but I think it's more of like a, I can't be having anything that's like anything that's a feeling right now because I'm so deep in my trauma. Yeah. And like, also I'm so actively trying to save lives right now that I can't even yeah. think about this other bullshit going on. Yeah. Which that is valid. And I feel like that is very Christina. Cause like her and Burke had that thing where it was like, Oh, I'm, you know, we're not in this relationship at work. We're just at work. And I think she would respect that if it was communicated to her. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, oh, absolutely. It makes sense. So we get the, we get some Christina backstory. Oh, such a good scene. Oh why my don't God. you walk us, why don't you walk us through that while I go blow my nose? Okay. So, um, Christina goes to find Owen and tell him that the wife of the, um, victim is, has arrived. Like they, I guess they tracked her down through maybe like his wallet ID. I don't know how they found her, but they found her. Um, and Owens asks, you know, what's his name? Like, you're so wrapped up in every, in the competitions and like who getting the surgery and, and you don't give a shit about these, the, them being people like they're just patients. It's just like learning for you. It's not a person you're for you to save. It's just like things for you to check off this list or whatever. And Christina like takes a minute, closes the door, comes into the on-call room. And I'm just going to read this verbatim because I think it's important. Um, my dad died when I was nine in a car accident. I was with him in the car while we waited for the ambulance. I tried to keep his chest closed so he wouldn't bleed so much. When he died, my hands felt his heart stop beating. That's why I do this. It's also why I win all the contests. The patient's name is Tom. And then she leaves the room and it is very powerful. Like I love this scene so much. I obviously am like a huge Christina fan. Um, and we did prior to this know that her dad died because she told George when his dad died and she told him that her dad died when she was nine. So we did know that it, um, was when she was younger, but we, we didn't have any details at that time. So to get this insight and just like the way she presents it, it's so factual and just like, this is what happened. And, and this is why I'm a doctor. And it also, I love that it to me ties in so clearly with why she wants to go into cardiothoracics. Um, and I just love it so freaking much. I also love the twist where she's like, yeah, I do fucking know his name. You piece of shit. Yeah. It <laughs> might shit about me. Uh, and then he just says fucking single malt scotch, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which I like. That's, I mean, yeah, that's the, a, that's a cool ass nickname. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's some thoughts getting to read and thank you for for reading that. I was able to listen to that obviously while I was blowing my nose out there and uh <laughs> getting that rewind of the scene verbatim really is awesome. And as someone who Christina's not my favorite character, but she is by no means in the bottom tier for me. Right. It's 
always a treat when we get to get some backstory on these mm-hmm. characters. And I'm picturing she she read it so good. Those lines. Mm-hmm. She said those lines. She she did them. She delivered them so well that I pictured a little nine year old girl in a car so crash holding holding her her dad's chest together and like what kind of car crash was it that she physically was able to feel that you know happen yeah. and, and the heart stop beating and all that like man that's crazy and, and that i think also not only gives insight to uh like why she's doing cardio and why she wants to be this, you know, hardcore cardio mm-hmm. God that everyone refers, even Callie referred to her as, as, as that future cardio yeah. God. But I think it also gives some insight to Christina's character because she wants to save the lives. Yeah. And I think her problem and maybe this is kind of where Hunt's brain is, is like, you're already deciding that this person is dead. And yeah. in her mind, I can't save this person. He's already dead versus I'm going to save the people that I can. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like a interesting character arc that I'm on notice now to watch as she continues yeah. to go through the show of, is she just going to try to save the people who she knows that she can save? Or is she going to try to save everyone with that same intensity? So, uh mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just some insight from me. Like as someone who's watching this for the first time, it was very believable, very well read. Kudos. I'm hoping that this is an episode that was nominated for something. I don't know. That scene alone is just so good. Yeah. It was was nominated or yes, it was a good scene. I don't think it was. It was a good scene. I don't think this one was nominated for anything. Um, But yeah, really impressed with that scene. And then, yeah, yeah, it was the mic drop moment of, yeah, dude, fuck you. Tom is his name. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so shoot. Oh, I also wanted to mention, like, to me, I think it's so powerful in an episode all about like taking everything personally that she delivers this entire speech, like so matter of factly and like with nothing like really on top, like she's not getting emotional about it. She's just like, well, this is what happened to me. So we're all fucked up and you can leave me alone now. (laughs) Yeah, stop being a dickhead directly to me. Like, it's not my fault. Whatever you're going through is not my fault. I promise you. Um, so, yeah, let's... Should we take a small break really quick? Yeah, yeah. Let's take a quick break for our regional sponsors. And if you're like Megan and you want to let us know what your sponsor is in the area you're at, please let us know. We always love to know who... Who is speaking on our behalf and paying us money in your location? So please uh, let us know. Reach out. Also uh, on the the at Gray's Academy Pod Instagram. We love to hear it. Only Kelsey has access to that, so no spoilies. But take it away, regional sponsors. And we are back. Back in style over here. And we will continue our break with everyone's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. Sponsored also, by Meat Stick. Yeah. Uh, listen to this beautiful ad for our sponsors from the Meat Stick. 
Hey there, everyone. Carmen here, one half of the Gray's Academy podcast, paired up with our dear friend, Kelsey. We've got some exciting news for you, and we want to share all about our friends at The Meat Stick. Are you tired of undercooked or overcooked meat? Me too. The Meat Stick wireless meat thermometer is the solution. With its advanced technology, you can achieve perfect meat dishes every time and take full control of your cooking. The Meat Stick is the first smart wireless meat thermometer engineered with versatility and durability in mind to withstand almost all ways of cooking. Whether you're grilling, smoking, using a pellet grill, in the oven, or even an air fryer, the Meat Stick is versatile enough to master it all. The Meat Stick enables you to easily monitor your meat's temperature during the cook, providing real-time data on your phone to achieve steakhouse quality at home. Now, I've been using the Meat Stick for a couple of weeks, and I've done beef, pork, chicken, fish, and everything has come out perfect every single time. I was doing a ribeye the other night, and it was the perfect medium rare. And I was able to set the ambient temperature and the internal temperature that I wanted. The app also made sure to yell at me because at one point I didn't stick the sensor all the way into the meat and some of it was exposed. And it sent this little alert saying, hey, Carmen, you got to go out and check your thermometer because it's not all the way in. So there's a lot of fail safes to keep this thing acting the way that it should, top of its game for a long period of time. Make sure you hit that link in our description of this episode to go right to the webpage for the meat stick to make sure you show our support and make sure you let us know on our Instagram pages or through our email how you like the product and tag on Instagram whenever you're cooking. We'll see you out there, everyone, and back to the show. All right, Kelsey. All right. Thank you for that, Carmen. I, I wrote I wrote that all myself. I, I hope I did a good <laughs> job for you guys. Carmen, thank you for those kind words by Carmen. Back by to Carmen, you, Kelsey, the from Carmen, Carmen. For the Carmen. Yes, yes. Um, there are two males in this episode that are part of Shonda Lamps. Making it easy for you. Denny. I'm kidding. You know how this ep- segment works. Yes. Uh, let's see. Ed. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, fucking uh, Sam Keating. Said it. Sam Keating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that would have been terrible. Imagine that if I'd have been like, oh, man, like, I don't know. You already said it. Um, there are no yes. other guys in this episode. <laughs> um, so George Cole plays Ed. He was in one episode of Private Practice. Um, Tom Verica plays Michael Norris. And he is in 23 episodes of How to Get Away with Murder. But I also wanted to give him credit because Shonda loves Tom Verica. He directed six episodes of Queen Charlotte, the new spinoff that just came out for Bridgerton. He directed six episodes of Bridgerton. He directed two episodes of Inventing Anna, uh, one episode of Station 19, 23 episodes of Scandal, nine episodes of Grey's. So he has directed every single thing that she's done other than private practice. Did he actually uh, direct any How to Get Away with Murder? I didn't see that one under directing. But okay. I would be surprised if he didn't. Uh, um, I almost didn't recognize him uh, because he, was he wasn't. Down. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't out here getting chopped up and put in a fire and then a garbage can, mm-hmm. thrown off a mm-hmm. balcony. Spoiler alert! Sorry if you haven't watched How to Get Away with a Murder. <laughs> yeah. I guess I kind of just gave you the entire first season plot. Oh, Sorry, 
He did do seven episodes of Private Practice. I must have missed that when I was when I was making my listy poo. Nice. But it looks like no, he did not direct any of How to Get Away with Murder. So he has officially had a hand in all of Shonda's shows. That's impressive. So one thing about Shonda, she's gonna be giving Tom Verica a job. But he's a great he's a great director, clearly. Yeah. I actually got very excited to see him. I did not like his character in How to Get Away with Murder. I don't think you were also intended. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think the point Why was that you, you don't like, like him. him. He's so appealing. <laughs> I, that like took like that took me like caught me so off guard that I was like, wait, wait, what? What? Am I remembering? <laughs> I only because I only watched that show once, so I'm yeah. like, well, no, maybe he was a likable guy. Maybe I'm being too harsh on no, the guard. I'm, I'm being a goober. You know who I really feel bad for in that show? Everyone. Fucking Nate. Not everyone. Some people, yeah. Yeah. Nate Nate yeah. got screwed. Nate Nate's dad. It's rough times in the kingdom Ugh. if your name is Nate in that show, that's for sure. Nate Jr., Nate Sr. Yeah. I would I need stuff. to rewatch that show. I need to rewatch that. Yeah, that was good. That was good stuff. We also you have to watch private practice. We'll do it. We'll get there. It's fine. Um, okay, so let's talk about um the interns really quick and then we'll talk alex and izzy and all that bullshit um and sam keating well yeah that goes with alex and izzy oh yeah totally oh yeah Uh, oh yeah um oh yeah buckle up so lexi finds the interns and thinks they're doing drugs but they're practicing ivs on each other which is insane um like just go talk to the chief or anyone of authority like it's literally just do it that's creepy (laughs) hold on i realized that i that the thing that i was doing that you glossed right over i i messed up oh i was trying to make a soren reference but he says have a nice flight not buckle up yeah wait why are you making that reference because i was because i was like oh yeah one more thing talking with a deep voice (laughs) no and these little poison for cusco Cusco's poison. Cusco's poison. poison. Oh, yeah. Kirkusco. Have a nice flight. <laughs> um, squeakity squeak squeaking. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I was, that movie is so good. It's good. Take, take, sorry. Go back to what you were saying. I am in the wrong. I'm an asshole. Continue. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Lexi finds the interns and she thinks they're doing drugs, but they're practicing Hilarious. each other. Which is Are insane. you guys shooting drugs? <laughs> um, <laughs> or injecting? She says, are you guys injecting drugs? Um, yeah, so she gets upset that they're doing that. And she's like, oh, we'll just tell them to teach us. And then she puts two and two together and figures out that there's a morgue in the hospital and that there are unclaimed bodies in the morgue that get donated to medical research anyways. So why not just be the medical research? That scene was really weird and creepy. The scene with the guy in the morgue. Yeah. When he was like, you're really pretty. You're pretty. Yeah. Uh, that was a weird thing to because say. Because they never go back and explain how she got the bodies. Well, she flirted. She flirted. Them, yes. Apparently. I hope that that's it. I hope there was no well, yeah, sexual that's all, that's quid it. pro it's quo. Lexi. She's like a little, she's like a little precious angel. She's just flirting, flirting her way into those dead yeah. cadavers. I love that she was just talking to them. Like, I brought you all here today. I know. It was so cute. It was the only time anyone respected them in the whole show. Well, 
it goes it's a bookend in the beginning yeah lexi respected them in the end bailey respected them and then no one no one in between (laughs) yeah not a single person in the middle um so she takes him she's like thank you for being here today um bedpans (laughs) yeah what did she say medical tray medical trays that's my lexi impression medical trays um so yeah she tells the interns that she got her that she got cadavers um and alex is like overhears and he's like oh i'm gonna get in on that because oh also we have to mention stan i completely forgot about stan yeah uh poor stan and the chief abusing the shit out of george um We'll get to, we'll, we'll have to circle back to that because I do have some notes on that. I, I have a whole section for Stan that I wrote actually. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, Alex overhears and he steals the cadavers to give to Izzy. And it's just like a bizarre, there's like a lot of dead people in this episode. Um, and so it's just really weird. I understand the concept of like, um, practicing on the cadavers but it seems weird in a basement and not in like a classroom also where the fuck is this basement that this is the first time that we've seen it because it was clearly off some sort of walkway that lexi was just happening upon them and it wasn't closed off enough to where they were able to see these interns inside sticking ivs in each other this is like that weird room that callie was living in at some point probably man (laughs) it looked room in the basement it looked off like uh where where lexi walks in it almost looks like it was meant to be off the stairway the the little hallway scene where we would have all the interns yeah in back in the day it's like in the basement somewhere like it's yeah. creepy that she even says it's creepy basement crazy yeah but it is it is interesting to think like how did she get all of those cadavers into that spot there was there was transportation that needed to have have been done there that's the weird part to me is people transporting them down there and no one is asking questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to, I have to assume based on literally nothing that the morgue is also in the basement and Um, that might be false. (laughs) I don't know why I feel like the morgue is in the basement. Well, no, usually in the hospitals, they're right next to the gift shop. (laughs) Just, yeah. Either one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just feel like morgues are always in basements in shows, um, probably just to make them seem creepier. They are creepy. Um, my dad said he went into the morgue at work, uh, once again, my dad works at a hospital, but is not a doctor. So like he didn't go to medical school and is not like privy to all the chopped up dead people. And he was like, it just, he was, I mean, it's like when Christina says you smell like death, he was like, it smelled like death. Like that's what formaldehyde smells like. Um, and he was like, it was gross. Um, and then he went into other detail that I will spare everybody. <laughs> Don't spare me. Tell me right now. Everyone else can just listen. Just mute you this You can, part. yeah. If you're like kind of queasy, skip like 30 seconds. But the cadaver was like open on the table. And he was like, it looked like roast beef. And he was like, I will never eat roast beef ever again in my life after seeing that. <laughs> Ugh. What part of the cadaver <laughs> were they looking at? Well, it was just like a person who was like, because... He works in, um, oh my God, what is it with bones? What does Callie do? Um, or, or, or orthopedics, orthopedics. Ortho, yeah. Um, so like they have basically like the bodies cut to where like they're like through the muscles to see the bones, but like that wasn't removed. So it was just like flayed open. 
He said it was gross. <laughs> Kudos, great use of the word flayed. Thank you. That's, I feel like that's really the only time to use it. <laughs> yeah. When you're talking about a human corpse. Yeah. Uh, um, anyways, so. Yeah. No, they have the corpses and then Lexi's getting upset that the uh, residents are stealing the corpses and then the residents are using the corpses to like potential practice for potential solo surgeries and Alex is trading with Christina for the case and the corpses and it's like a whole mess and it just goes back to again. They're not personal. Like these aren't people to them at all. It's just like part of, you know, them getting whatever the hell they want. It's not a good look. No, because they're just going in and out of the basement, just leaving their shit. Out. They're not opening and closing these people up yeah, every time and, like, they leave the, the room. Of the trash is truly disrespectful. Like to Bailey's point, like, all of them were at some point somebody, somebody, like somebody loved them. It's just sad. Yeah. Just sad. It's also, so like you, you got to get into the headspace of Izzy in this episode too, because she's walking in and Alex is playing this off as if he got all of these for her. And she's like, Ooh, it's like a, it's like a bouquet of corpses. Uh, just terrible. And she Sorry, walks in. My house. What's that? hailing at my house but yes i also wrote down bouquet of corpses yeah <laughs> and she's having like a mental break but she when she walks back in a little bit later that she's like i just need to be around alive you know i need to be need i need to be around people and i wish they were alive people but i guess these <laughs> dead ones will do yeah and yeah it's just all of these things kind of adding up there like they just don't see them as people they don't see them as someone and yeah, they're um, just becoming like callous and like desensitized to it, which like, again, there's a fine line because, yeah, you are going to have to be like, you're not going to be able to take every single like death personally because then you're not going to be able to do the job, but it should have some effect on you. I feel like the desensitization, yeah, I don't know, yeah. desensitization is tackled in every medical show though, right? Like yeah. in Scrubs, I remember there was this episode where, JD was treating this guy with dementia and all he could say was pickles and mm -hmm. every answer to pickles, every answer to every, every answer <laughs> to the question that he would give them was pickles. Uh, which if you remember, if this is going to help jog your memory, we get introduced to him because JD is messing with him and he goes, sir, what did Peter Pike Piper pack, <laughs> uh, uh, or pick a pack of, and he goes pickles and he goes, Ooh, no. So close. The correct answer is peppers. They were pickled, pickled peppers, peppers. And Silliness. Dr. Cox walks in and is like, are you like, are you messing with them? And he's like, I mean, yeah, he's going to die. Like <laughs> they, they, I mean, they, everybody the, does, the, but my yeah, God, the, you know, the old folks home sends them to here. We treat him. We send him back. He gets sick again. They send him back and he's going to do this the rest of his life, you know? And that whole episode is about the deten the, the desensitization around death. And I think this episode is kind of like, it may have taken five seasons, but there's, you have to have seen some stuff and gone through some stuff to just have those cadavers lying out and truly not feel the respect yeah. or, or, or see them as past people, you know? Yeah. Which yeah, ties into bummer. Hunt's, you know, criticism Tyrate. of the interns. Yeah, for sure. Or residents. Um, and then, yeah, Bailey finds them and gets, like, super pissed off, rightfully so. And she's, like, close them up and put them back where they belong. Like, this is fucked up. You guys, this is not how I raised you. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, and this is on the heels of of seeing Rosie die. Yeah, yeah. So she's, she's not, not in mentally in a spot where there was there was no benefit of the doubt that would have been given to these guys. Yeah, Mm-mm. not today, she said. And then um, the interns are you know back to chopping each other up in the basement like psychopaths. Um, and Lexi is going in on it. She's no longer trying to find other solutions. She's like, yeah, okay, let's just poke each other with needles, I guess. As one does. Mm -hmm. There was one other note that I had that I wanted to call out in the cadaver room. And Lexi, not Lexi, Izzy had brought something up. And then Meredith was basically like, yeah, I mean, you know, I did see my mom once and the bomb squad guy. And then he was there, too. And I was like. Wow, you know, bringing it back to the drowning episode, I like that. And all I have here is Lexi colon could I question mark and exclamation point no. Oh, yes. They're asking, Lexi keeps asking if she can do like procedures or go like with the um, beating victim. And Christina keeps saying no. And at some point she asks if she could, like she starts to ask if she could do something. And Izzy, Meredith, and Christina all say, and Alex all say no in unison before she even like gets the question out. Oh, that is fun. Yeah, you're right. I was like, yeah. what was this? What was this note for? I don't remember what <laughs> I wrote that note. But yeah, it's poor Lexi. She got these bodies, <laughs> and she's also trying to like give them opportunities to teach her. She's not being difficult to teach. No, it's also I mean, yeah. You guys don't need to teach her more than once. She has it memorized. <laughs> yeah. Just show her the one thing and then she will shut up. Yeah. Um, and then what was I going to say about what were you saying before Lexi said that? What was your other note? Did you have another note? It was something about Izzy seeing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Meredith's like, oh, my dead mommy taught me a cool way to hold the instruments. If you palm them, you can switch over faster. And Izzy's like, oh, do you, when your dead mommy teaches you things, do you see her? And Meredith's like, no, I'm reading her diaries. But then she says, but I did see her um, once with the bomb squad guy and Denny. And um, that's right. That was Izzy's the like, yeah, Izzy's like, oh, that said something and Meredith's like uh no I was dead (laughs) (laughs) yeah I also who else was in that episode it was the girl from into like a train and the nurse 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 what nurse Nurse oh the nurse that knew yeah Ellis her mom yeah that was man that was early yeah I need to rewatch this show already (laughs) Yeah, and it's we just still have so much to go. This episode that I watched most of today, rewatching it, mm-hmm. is the only time that I've rewatched an episode so far. And yeah. I just there's so many things that every once in a while I'll be like, Oh man, I remember that. That was that was that was good. <laughs> good time, but yeah. I couldn't tell you anything from season one other than meeting like Addison George being up. a piece of crap <laughs> and Addison showing up. I remember nothing from season one. Like you were describing how Burke and Christina kind of like started to like get to the flirt part. I remember them kissing in the hallway, but I remember nothing about their relationship buildup. I remember them standing in line about the sexual test, the the testing. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I haven't been with anyone else. And she's like, well, me either. And they're like, okay. And then they left the line together, kind of like super cute. 
that I remember. But like, I remember nothing else about their lead up and their relationship. Bless you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot um, in less than 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah. And only 300 and something to go. So it's fine. All right. I want to talk Stan real quick and then we'll get into the we'll get into Sam Keating. Yeah. So Stan is a robot that uh, coming off the heels from last episode, I feel like I like that they introduced him. They're like state of the art robot. That's like going to simulate different things and you can practice on him to learn. And I like the introduction of, of that concept after the pig situation. So George spends the whole episode working on him and he's like secretly being voiced by the chief, which is actually hilarious. So funny. I want you to know that even rewatching it, I'm like, there's no way I would have gathered that. I thought that it was just like the writers being funny and that take, it was their take on AI. Yeah. Right. Which also that's a whole, like I need to tell you the story about the, the AI that I I'm, I'm getting AI to write stories for me to read and it's great. You're but so anyways, weird. but it's just, it's just Weber. It's just Weber. And it's so yeah. funny. Um, yeah, it's really funny that that's what he's doing with his time. Not um, running the, whole, the hospital. I, I can't believe that you passed your intern exam comment was like above and beyond. <laughs> That's when I should have known that it was fake. Yeah. Um, so actually, I think it's the exact scene. It's the scene It's immediately after he says that. And then we see Weber and he goes, oh, I couldn't yeah. resist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then Han barges in after that. Mm, Jesus. Yeah. She was on a war so. path this episode. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think that's really it with Stan. And then, like at the end, George is victorious, and and Hunt comes in and like apologizes to Weber via Stan, and that's how George finds out. That's <laughs> very funny. But yeah, there's not really much going on with George, um, in this other than the robot. <laughs> well, and then the you know Stan tells Alex that his bedside manner sucks. Yeah, and. uh you the gut blood, so the, awesome. the blood and then he's like ah. <laughs> oh the squirting blood right out of the nose really gets you yeah yeah oh goodness gracious all right here comes the general the moment you've been waiting for mm-hmm. sam keating and as mike denny duquette and um, denny okay, du- so du- i believe it's pronounced duque it's pronounced duquetta Dequita. Dequita. Um, so Izzy and Han or Izzy and Meredith are on Han's case and Izzy's like, hey, we were kind of hoping to like do a real surgery since sur- solo surgery is coming up. And Han's like, I'm going to stop you right there because I actually give a shit about this person. I don't ever give a shit about anybody. So she's kind of on the flip side of everyone else in this episode where she, this is the one time that she is per- is taking something personally. Um, so it's like a juxtaposition to everything else that's happening. And uh, she kind of she's like I'm like sick of giving this man false hope and I want to do something that's actually going to help him so like do you understand and they're like yes sorry like absolutely and so Meredith starts to read the facts of the case and she's like oh he almost got a transplant May 14th 2007 but then Izzy stole it yeah Izzy this whole th- like this this is all about you Izzy your yeah. You could have saved this guy. You could have saved this man's life. Uh, and also, can I just point out that I wrote that it's so funny that 
Han was like, you guys have familiarized yourself with this case, right? And then Meredith goes, yeah, let me just read it out of this book right here and tell you exactly what it is. I just think it's funny that you don't really have to familiarize yourself with it because you're just going to read it off the chart anyways, Meredith. You didn't need to lie. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Maybe um, that's just me. No, I kind of noted that too. I was like, they always say like, oh, I already know the case. And then like they read it word for word. And I'm like, do you know? So you, so you don't know? <laughs> like, it's fine. Um, so yes, um, Michael Norris is there. He has the exact same thing as Denny. He obviously was supposed to get Denny's heart. And then Izzy did that whole super cool thing where she cut the Elvad wire and um, stole it. And so, and he's in Denny's old room. And so Izzy's in there feeling all these feelings. And then, oh my God, she sees Denny in the hallway. So give me your reaction to Denny on the screen again. I always love getting to see <laughs> these throwbacks. I I am very much in the camp of recurring characters in shows. I mm-hmm. think they're fun. Even when they're dead? Even <laughs> when they're dead. Especially when they're dead. Exclusively when they're dead. The thing, the thing that I didn't get about this episode, and I know we're, we're, we're going to be talking about this, right? Like, this is, this, we'll take this all the way pretty much through the end. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't get what Denny was there for. Because he looked so sad every time Izzy would see him. Well, yeah, he's sad that he's dead and right. not married to Izzy. I understand. I understand that. But mm-hmm. like, what is what is the ghost of Denny's past serving? What is what's his purpose here? Because he was just getting in her head, and then at the end, he finally smiles and he's like, "There you go. You you get it. You got him. You go, girl. Got him, champ. Do this. Save this guy." But like, why couldn't you just say that the first time? Why couldn't you? When she saw you outside, why didn't you run in the room and say, help this guy cough right now? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it was just, a, I was, I was really struggling uh, to see what the end of the episode was going to look like because it was like Denny's character, his ghost, quote unquote, finger quotes. I didn't get the point or like what his point of view was because he also doesn't say anything until like the end of the episode. Yeah. So like, what's your take on like what he's there for or like, sorry, let's start with like the, how, how is he there? He's there because he's like, an let actor. Me, let me phrase it this way. Do you feel that Denny is a ghost or that Izzy like is just having these memories because of this case? Well, <laughs> or an, another third option that is how, what you thought something in that realm though. I I do believe that ghosts are real. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't, I don't. You are afraid of them. I'm afraid of them because I don't fucks with the ghosts. I also don't mm-hmm. fucks with demons or girls who fell down wells. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't fuck with any of that. So already, I I believe that there is something about this that that Izzy is able to see. I love it. It's a good ghost, right? There's something. Mm-hmm. This is ghost of ghost of fiance's past, right? Mm-hmm. But Matthew McConaughey right. isn't in this at all, and it's not a romantic comedy. So, the purpose, I believe, ultimately was to give Izzy permission to kind of have this acceptance and move on. Because at the end, she's having this conversation with Denny, and Alex is like, "So what's up? What were you just saying? I don't understand what you're saying right now." But. Alex is standing yeah. where Denny was. 
And then at the end, I knew he was coming back because he pulled a Batman and he just <laughs> disappears and he's behind her. And I need and I need you to if you have any quotes from that, I need you to read them to me because I that was the one scene that I didn't get to rewatch that I really wanted to rewatch before watching this episode. But I remember the notes that I have. Obviously, I've I've got some notes, but um, where are they? They're under the Izzy section, I believe. Mm-mm-mm. So he comes back at the end. Can't be here. I have to move on. Mm-hmm. And then he says, it ain't over till it's over. No, that's the voiceover. Oh, that's what Meredith said. Oh, Meredith's no. voiceover. Right, right. Like, one thing about life is it ain't over till it's over. And my note that I wrote there was, Denny is going to be back. He's he's. This is not the last time we see Denny. Okay. It's official prediction. Um. So... So any notes that but, you have that you could fill in the, the, the gaps that I'm remembering here, but... Um, She's like, you can't be here. I'm moving on. Like, I'll always love you, but I have to get over this. Like, I I can't, like, be stuck, basically, like, in this world. Like, like I have to live my life, even though you're gone. Like, I will always love you, and I will always be sad that we aren't together. But, like, I can't live my life, like, in this, like, if-only world. And, you know, he disappears. And you're like, oh, cool. She's going to move on. And be with yeah. Alex. And then Alex, she's like, oh, she says, you have to go. And then Alex is like, go where? And she's like, nowhere. Let me change. Meet you at the bar. And uh, then he <laughs> You guys can't Alan. see this, but Kelsey did like a little <laughs> peace sign after that. And it was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> peace <Bye>. out. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> um, Catch you on the flippies, Denny. You know? Um, And yeah, so it's like, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, just want to get more of your take on it. Like, obviously your prediction is that he comes back, but I liked that you pointed out that yes, he is just looking very forlorn the whole episode. Um, yeah. Well, uh, to this, to please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the last time we saw Denny was in one of my favorite scenes, my, my single favorite scenes in all of Grey's to this point where they touch shoulders in the hallway and there's like this spinning yeah. scene around them. This I, is the last. Yeah. I was, I was pretty sure that was the last time we saw Denny and I was hoping you'd mention that. Cause I know we had both said how much we love that scene. And so then, um, to bring him back, like after that being the last time it's, it was like a very different take on it. Cause like in yeah. that moment he said it as like, he sees her, and he can like feel her, but she obviously couldn't see him, but she could still feel him. So this is like, yeah. Elevated. It also seemed like a really good show conclusion for Denny. Yeah. So like, I actually did not expect to see Denny come back in this, but obviously it was a yeah. lot of Denny. Like they said, here's, mm-hmm. here's my thing though, that I don't understand. And, I, and if you have like, obviously you, you, again, I say this a lot, but you have the benefit of hindsight that I don't, mm-hmm. this is coming on the heels of Izzy telling Mike that you need to do this surgery and you need to give it another shot because your wife will not move on. Yeah. You just said there she'll move on, but she's not going no to getting over this. Yeah. So, but then she tells Denny, I have to move on. You need yeah. to go. And I think it just is, is counterintuitive to what she's, she's asking this ghost of Denny to let her move on while she also recognizes like she's never actually going to move on. So well, I think 
it's like, you know, he's like, oh, she'll be fine. It's been a long time coming. And there's a difference between like getting through something and like being okay. And then like moving on or whatever. And she's saying like, she does say like, I'll always love you. So in a way I think there is moving on, but there's still also like, there's going to be a part of you that is never going to move on. And she, I like that. She says like any like reminder of you will be like, she is living through this all over again, because that's basically what's happening to her in this episode. She's in the room. She's seeing Denny. It's the same like heart problem. So in a way she is like living through it all over again. So of course she's every single bit of it. Yeah. All over. So yeah, it is. I, I see your point, but I think, I think there is like, when the person you love the most dies, yes, you can continue to live your life and quote unquote move on. But I do think there is a part of you that's never going to come back. Like you're never going to be the same person. Cause totally. we had mentioned, and I get that pre- previously in the last episode. And I think it goes with this for Christina as well. Like a lot of people have life defining traumatic moments and it's like, everything that happened to to your life before then you're like, Oh, well this happened before Denny died and everything else is like after Denny died. And you know, Owens is like my life before this uh, horrific attack where 19 people in my unit died and I was the only survivor. And Christina's like my life before my dad died and my life before or after he died. So I think obviously those are all different kinds of traumas, but they're all still like defining moments for who those people are. It's also, um, I, I made a note of this. And I know I'm kind of circling back because I forgot to say it. It was in a different spot on my phone. Um, listening to stories like this, it, like this, listening to Christina give this speech made me emotional. I'm actually, I, I'm feeling the goosebumpies right now sharing this note that I wanted to, to bring up. Um, Imagine you're in a world where you're the parent that has to watch their kid with their last dying breath try to keep you alive yeah. and you're in a car crash, right? Yeah. Like, I can't Thank imagine you. Marlo trying to <clears throat> keep me alive in a car crash and then having to physically deal with my death well, yes, the rest of her life. she's 18 months old. Um, first <laughs> I'm off, just kidding. She's 19 months old. I'm lightening the mood. I understand. <laughs> um, no, but no. it's a, it's a sad I, it, thing. There are certain things in this show rewatching and like with the mindset of like, Oh my God, what if that was my child? Like, it's just like so upsetting. I'm like, I don't, yeah. don't let the intrusive thoughts in. Yeah. It's so, really hard. Um, but anyways, so ultimately Denny gives her this head nod while she's, she says, give me round two, Han. I'm whatever you say. Like, yeah. I know that you're going to fire me because you're clearly pissed off about this whole Denny situation, which we could get to that in just a second here, but like Denny gives her the head nod and then she's like, Mike, you will cough. Damn it. For fuck's sake. If you don't cough right now, (laughs) I will beat the living shit out of you. I will like, honestly, cut your LVAD wire, Mike. (laughs) Yeah. Want to, want to bet? Uh, yeah. So, and Han says to her, like, I explicitly picked you for this case because you're really great at connecting with your patients. And like, I need someone to, to like calmly be able to get this person through this procedure. That's going to be very difficult for them. And he's just like, yeah, that's actually something I've been told to do less. Of. 
So yeah, when it's convenient for her, then (laughs) she wants to call back that feedback. Yeah. um, I mean, I, I love the choice to bring in the patient that was supposed to get Denny's heart because you, you don't think about that. Yeah, right. That yeah. episode happens, which that episode where she steals the heart is the first time we ever see Han. So now we're like full circle. And like that guy is here at, at um, the hospital now. And Han is still trying like fighting for this. And now Izzy is seeing more ramifications of her general bullshit. General bullshit. General bullshit. Nah, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's. I, I do love that. And it's something that you kind of would have never thought of. And I actually think that you said that you had assumed that the person who didn't get Denny's heart died. So it's interesting that they choose to clarify that he did live, but here he sits not doing living, great. living in <laughs> terrible pain for yeah. that amount of time. Yeah. You know, Izzy may have had emotional heart pain, but this guy's had physical heart pain. Yeah. And then, you know, he's like, I'm not going to do the surgery. I'm not going to do the procedure again. And he does. And that's, you know, when Izzy gets her shit together and like gets him through it and, and it's successful, you know, he's still waiting for a heart transplant, but hopefully this will get him to the finish line. Yeah, it is. I did make a note, uh, that as soon as, so like Denny gives Izzy the head nod, she's like, damn it, Mike fucking cough. And then he coughs. He's like, (laughs) I could breathe. Everything's great. The heart attack's over. And then, as you look back, Denny disappears. And I'm like, I wrote, mm-hmm. I wrote, I made the note. Bye, bro. The fuck? Like yeah. all this it's, shit uh, just to disappear whenever you want. Yeah. It seems like, oh, he was there to like get her through this, this case, this difficult reminder of him. And then he's uh, also back again. So no, that wasn't the only reason he was there apparently. So. Oh man, fucking podcast, John. So do you have anything else to add on the Denny of it or do you want to get into the Han of it? Let's get into the Han of it and I'm sure more notes will come out of it. But the the Denny of it, I will say I liked, I like ultimately that he was here. I will give kudos to the writers that every time we've seen Denny, it's not just like gratuitous, right? It has a purpose. So I'm curious if the next time we see him like maybe it's if it's going to be with the next person that Izzy gets serious with maybe maybe it's Alex maybe Alex proposes and Izzy's like oh my gosh I'm engaged again and then she turns around and Denny's like but I proposed first this was the (laughs) ring that my grandmother gave me also you got a seven million dollar check where is it I want it back (laughs) so with interest and inflation but no, it's it's not in this economy. No, fuck that. Uh, yeah, he's just it, it's been a really good use of Denny. I'm really excited to see if they bring him back again. What what that would look like. So, OK, the Han of it. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so obviously, again, uh, Han is attached to this case. She's emotional. Uh, Meredith is like, oh, she has a history with with this case. And um, Han's like, how does she have a history with my patient? And Meredith's like, no, with Denny Duquette. And Han's like, ah, mad. So then she goes to Callie and asks about it. And Callie's like, yeah, they were engaged. Oh, also, she cut his LVAD wire to move him up the transplant list and make sure he got the heart. And Han was like, and she says it like, this, like you don't me? know this. Like, I know. This, like, everybody everybody knows, gossip. Yeah, everybody knows about Denny. 
Not the Elvad wire. <laughs> not the Elvad. <laughs> uh, not Yunos. Um, so then Han's like, ah, oh, mad. Um, and so she goes to the chief and she's like, I'm going to fucking knock some heads together. And she's not like, it's hard because like, we know the story of what happened with Izzy and Denny and the interns and the Elvad wire. We know the, the intimate details of the shit that went down, whether it be good or bad, we saw it all. So in a way, I'm like, am I on Han's side? Like, I do think there's gray area. And Han is very mad about the concept of gray area on this. Um, I do think there's gray area. Um, It is questionable. We've said it many times that Izzy was not fired. That seems like it maybe should have been the thing that had happened. Um, She did quit for a moment. But then she unquit so as one does in the face of (laughs) terrible terrible wrongdoings at their job um yeah so it's just like it's a lot izzy you know never my favorite character but do i think that the entire hospital um should be penalized and thusly like potentially hundreds of thousands of patients should like lose out on their ability to like be able to get transplants there where they have incredible doctors. Like that's where I get iffy on it. Um, I love the scene with Han and Richard though. I don't even care. Like I love his delivery on this. Like when she's like, Oh no wonder you're number 12. And he's like, you shut your fucking mouth. Don't you talk to me like that. Yeah. Number 12. I just cut you. I cut you your checks. Also you came here. You chose to come here. Yeah. 12. You're number 12 too, Han. (laughs) Yeah, so he's, I love when he's like, this is in the past and it's going to stay in the past. That's what kind of hospital I'm running. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, I understand why she is upset about it. Um, and when he's like, oh, it's in the past. And she's like, it's not in the past for me. It's in, you know, the hospital bed, like about to die. And he's like, well, then fucking don't let him die. <laughs> Take care of your, do your fucking job. So... I don't know. So here, here's some of my thoughts. Number one, when she says, so it was never reported and he's like, it was reported to me. That means (laughs) nothing. Weber just for the record. (laughs) Like that means nothing. Legally speaking, that seems to have no meaning. Yes. She didn't get fired. (laughs) And it's in the past. Yes. Yes. I get it. Let what's this. What's the phrase? Let sleeping dogs lie. Sleeping dogs lie. Yeah. It's not doing good to bring it up, and this does not make your patient's procedure go any smoother. This does not get him a heart quicker bringing this up. The heart's yeah. been used. Denny is dead. Move on. Because clearly Izzy is trying to in this episode. <laughs> yeah. So I do think that Han, she's got some guts because yeah, she, just, she is fired up. She, she and does she not does hold not back. hold back. She doesn't hold back against anyone, right? Like Mm-mm. she called uh, Mark out when he was being kind of this 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 dickhead, sexist mm-hmm. guy, or not sexist, but he was he was treating her unprofessionally because she was a woman, and he was like, "Oh yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll I'll flirt around you, I'll do whatever I want." 
Yeah. She called out Weber about the boys club thing. She mm-hmm. calls out Weber about this, but this is the first time we really see Weber go, Hey, I know you call me out on your shit, but shut the fuck up right now. Yeah. Right. Like he never, we don't get Weber mad a lot. And when we no, do, but when he does, he's like spot on. It's, it's too, it's, always something about his core beliefs for right or wrong it's like very personal to him so i do respect Mm -hmm. that he doesn't yell all the time but i don't know i don't really have a prediction for this specifically i'm I'm very curious to see if she ends up doing anything i'm i'm hoping that izzy coming through and helping mike finish up his procedure is uh um kind of like the okay all right fine i'll move on but in that conversation, don't we have some shit with Han and Callie too? Yeah, at the very end. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. goes south. <laughs> so, and not um, in the okay. good kind of way. Um, yes. So she's yelling at Richard. She's upset. You know, it's not in the past. It's here and it's there's a lot. Um Richard feels very strongly. And again, like I I like the line. My patient lost a heart. Someone is damn well going to lose their job. I'm like, I understand where you're coming from. But like at this point, the ramifications are so beyond just like Izzy being punished, which is like what she really wants. Um, Like, like to her point later on, the hospital loses the ability to like do transplants anymore and they have great doctors. So the patients are suffering for that. So there was, I'll just, I have the whole conversation with Han and Callie here but if what did you want to say there was um no before we do that just to that point there was this meme that i saw or maybe it wasn't a meme maybe it was a a video like a reel explaining that a pound of flesh is not always just the pound of flesh right Mm -hmm. it's just like with meat what are all the effects of growing the cow to get to the point where that meat Mm -hmm. is there Right. So when you're yeah. seeking revenge and you want that pound of flesh, just remember that the farmer gets hurt. The irrigation system that's used to get the water to the cow gets hurt. The people who provide the food for the cow gets hurt. Like everything leading up to that gets hurt. So when you think about this is the, the, the ripple effect of that pound of flesh mentality re- revenge. Like mm-hmm. it's not just Izzy getting fired. Like you said, it's everyone who in that in that uh, Pacific Northwest who uses Seattle Grace as their their transplant hub. Like we've already seen what could happen with them getting dropped down to a, a top tier trauma surgery hospital. People yeah. had to wheel in their their limousines uh, to, <laughs> to get really to the well. hospital. You know, uh, ambulances just stopped coming <laughs> to the hospital. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, no, it's just a good call out. So, anyways, the scene with Callie and Han, take it away. Okay, so they have like a back and forth, and then. Like Han's like, well, we'll see what he does when I call, you know, St. Callie's like, hold the fucking phone. Um, and direct quote, they go back and forth. And Han says, wait, you're taking Izzy Stevens's side on this over mine, which I will say like to Callie's point, you know, that there has to be something because even earlier in this episode, she's like shit talking Izzy. So for her to like kind of double down with Izzy on this, like there is something to that. So I think that's worth noting. But um, Callie responds, she's a doctor, one of our doctors. There's a reason we have each other's backs, Erica. On, please don't talk to me about a code because this is not that. Callie, no, this is that. Look, I don't know what happened between Danny Duquette and Izzy Stevens that night, but unless you were in the middle of that situation, I don't see how you can make a judgment. 
easy. There's right. And there's wrong. And this was wrong and illegal. There's no gray area here. You can't kind of think this is okay. You can't kind of side with Izzy Stevens and you can't kind of be a lesbian, which like, okay, <laughs> coming in hot coming on that on, one. What's, what's that, uh, slippery slope fallacy or something like that like th- none of these things are related erica like calm <laughs> yeah. down what this about is, this yeah. is wild um uh callie says yes i can han i can't believe i didn't know callie erica the chief is right han says no you i don't know you at all and then she just walks away um so yeah it's a lot it's a lot all in one scene so she, and we really other than callie telling her about Denny earlier in the episode those are the only two scenes we get together so, and and that's since last episode when Callie was like hey I fucked Mark so Erica's clearly like been sitting on some feelings about Callie potentially being a bisexual woman yeah absolutely. and now she's just gonna be like I don't believe in bisexual people which is not not the take um <laughs> so which also that paired with a scene with the scene earlier where they're talking about where Derek and Mark are talking. And uh, I think Derek says something to the effect of like, Callie's not a single malt scotch or something like that. Oh yeah. Uh, Callie's not a beer bong. Yeah. When I'm like, Mark has some feelings. I think, I think Mark's caught a little bit of feelings. Yeah. They didn't have, they were in (laughs) the surgery when, Mark comes in and says, manipulate a little bit of skin. And it just flashes to Callie going, what the fuck? <laughs> like she's the only one that notices that he did that. But then I, I wonder somewhere if there's like a deleted scene at later of her being like, what the fuck were you doing in there? Because that was not an okay thing to say to Christina Yang. Yeah. You say that to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I feel like uh, that she definitely was sitting on that. It was stewing. Yeah, that was bubbling up. Much like Owen was had a lot bubbling up in this one, so did she. Yeah. So the thing that really frustrates me about this scene is Erica kind of has this revelation, right? She's like, I'm I'm so gay. And then she turns around and kind of she shits on Callie. Yeah, like, they aren't having the exact same experience um, with this um, relationship, and that's really pissing her off, apparently. Um, but is it? And is there, it I mean, I f- go ahead, go ahead. Feel go like ahead. I have heard from friends in the LGBTQ community that there are people who, even in that community, are like bisexual isn't a real thing. That's what and I was like, going to say. If you're bisexual and you end up in a straight passing relationship, then you're not really bisexual. And I'm like, that's not for anyone to say. You're not going to, you don't get to determine anyone's sexuality. Like the only person is the person. All right. Just like right. who fucking cares. It's not for you to say bisexual people exist. Gay people exist. Straight people exist. Uh, non-binary people. Like, it's just like, it's every, just let people live. Who fucking cares? No one needs to be out here gatekeeping other people's sexualities. Like it just exactly. doesn't, Exactly. it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Like, and it's just like, it's so harsh for both of them to be going through this realization, like later in life as adult women. And yeah, her to just be shitting on Callie because it doesn't look the exact same as what she's feeling. Yeah. And that's the part that really, really pissed me off about this scene because you can see the look on Callie's face when she's like, and you can't kind of be a lesbian. Like Callie clearly, she 
she is going through all of these things just as intensely as Erica is, mm-hmm. but they're just, their feelings just aren't not parallel. Yeah. yeah. So even if Callie does end up only being bi or she see like, if that's what she ends up, her character is, and it's not full, full on lesbian the way that Han is, is declaring and seeing herself as, that's fine, and that should be fine, and that's I yeah. think the frustrating part for all that is also the up the until two seconds ago, Han, you were straight. Out of left field, yeah, yeah. And Michael was like walking through the room <clears throat> when this scene was on, and she goes, "And you can't kind of be a lesbian." He goes, "Where the fuck did that come from?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Callie funny. feels the same way." Yeah, no one understands. No one understands, Erica. Um. Yeah, Two seconds like ago, you rough. were straight, and now now you're gatekeeping L- the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Just like Whatever. Pick a lane. People have their own journeys, and people have their own experiences and feelings and sexualities, and it's just so frustrating. I can't imagine like being um, a bisexual person in a relationship and have the other person basically be like, well, your sexuality isn't valid to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not? Okay. Yeah, that's um, intense. So, yeah. Um, so let's, I mean, was there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap it up and make lots of predictions? I don't think so. Uh, I definitely want to make sure really we rate got this. all the and, goods. Yeah. I, good episode. Um, I'm excited to, to do the predictions and, and rate I it. I do like at the end when Derek goes home and Christina and Meredith are there and Derek's like, okay, I'm going to take my pants off. So, either see it or get out and christine is like bye maybe i was predicting the threesome wrong this whole time maybe it's <laughs> gonna be christina meredith and Derek on the threesome oh one thing maybe. to point out too that i did make a note the only note that i didn't get to talk to today was in the opening scene it was a cute it was a cute moment to see alex and izzy cuddling i i actually oh, yeah, really that was enjoyed nice. that that was quite nice i agree and then you I immediately Alex see you're having cuddles. Yeah, they're having cuddles. And then it, it, you know, pivots right to hunt electrocuting someone to life. Yep. So, you know, one door open, another closes. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. An angel gets their wings. <laughs> Something like that. No, no. The person lived. Don't worry. Got it. Perfect. Um. So, OK, let's rate it first. You go first. Uh, I'm going to give this episode a fellow point five, a four point five. We're so close yet again. I was going to say fellow point seven nice. because I was like, when I started it the second time, I was like, Oh, I just like really want this one to be a five. And I don't know why I think there's just like, I think what's missing on this one is the medical shock factor yeah. because we're definitely getting all the, the character development and the personal side and really great interactions. Like the whole Derek and Bailey thing love their like chemistry together. Um, more on Christina. Obviously I love her. Weber crushes that scene with Erica. Like so good. I love the, like, I mean, I hate what happens with the argument with, um, Callie and Erica, but I think they do a great job and it it feels like such an authentic like argument. Like they're both feel strongly about where they're coming from. And yeah, I I like want it to be a, it's very close to a five, but it's just not actually when I, it's very close. I think I would have been closer to you actually going up a couple of notches if I would have finished rewatching the episode and got to see the mm-hmm. end Denny scene and the end uh, Christina scene one more time. Uh, but I, I try to write the notes 
of where I want to rate this episode after watching it. So it's an immediate knee jerk reaction. And my knee jerk reaction was 4.5. So, um, like I really don't want to sit in it. So like the one episode that the guys that that they got attacked by the bear and I gave him a five and Kelsey's still probably (sighs) mad at me about that episode. I, I felt like that was a five, but that had some medical drama and maybe the writing was a little bit lacking, whatever. Fine. But, this one here, the writing was really great, and there was no... The performances are great, Performances too. are great. And again, I'm a sucker for the callback characters, the, yeah. the recurring characters. and the characters. full circle of, like, bringing, bringing in the guy who should have been the one getting that heart that night. Yeah, so, so smart. So smart. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, okay, so let's start with Izzy and Denny. You said your prediction is that you, he, you think Denny will be back in this capacity. Can you get more specific? I I think that Denny is going to come back like around immediately or like later on. Later on. Okay. Like unless, like unless, you said how like oh, Alex is going to propose and he's going to Unless you're leading like, me to believe that, that Denny's going to be back tomorrow like tomorrow's episode. No, uh, what I <laughs> yeah. you is I, I believe it's going to be in some sort of like relationship capacity. It's going to okay. be Izzy's going to feel some sort of guilt about getting engaged to someone or like marrying someone, or maybe she sees Denny sitting in the uh, the aisle at her wedding, and that's maybe the last time we see Denny, and and maybe after that, that's it. I don't know. He'll just we, like, yeah, dust away like infinity, yeah, yeah. or style. <laughs> Yeah, and coincidentally, that's the the episode where Josh Brolin is the guest uh, officiant <laughs> of the wedding. I was gonna say he's officiating yeah. the wedding, so he goes <laughs> kiss the bride, snaps his fingers, and Denny disappears. Oh goodness, um, I'd watch that episode for sure. So, what about um, the interns poking themselves? I think they're all fucking stupid. Yes, but <laughs> I can't get a read on if Lexi is a permanent character or not. And by that, I mean, how long are they going to keep Lexi around? Lexi is, it was seemingly a means to an end for a while, but she really hasn't had a breakthrough with Meredith in a while. So I'm wondering if something happens with the interns where she gets written off the show for some reason. She's also not getting taught. Like she's not getting taught by Christina at all. Well, none of them are. That's none the of them whole are. reason that they're doing this. So I don't, I don't have any predictions for the interns right now, but I am like, I'm getting nervous that Lexi's not going to be a long time person with the show for some reason. Okay. Like it just kind of sitting weird with me right now. Okay. Um, anything with Christina and Owen? They're going to bone, but it's going to be in season six. Owen is going to be with the show for a long time. I can feel that. Um, Oh, George and Lexi, where are we on them? They interacted none in this episode. Yeah, I'm I'm in a, I'm in a holding pattern. I'm going to put a pin in that one, but I still, I still believe that they're going to have sexual relations. Okay. Um, And then Callie and Erica. Telling Callie that you can't kind of be a lesbian is a hard thing to come back from. Yeah. It seems like this was their breakup to me. It feels to me like they're done. Which is sad. You did think they were going to be together the entire season. And they still haven't had their threesome. There's still time. And I could be wrong. 
there's poss- there's a possibility that my prediction could be wrong. But it felt I don't know. I'm I'm predicting that they're they're done. I think that uh I don't know. This felt very breakupy to me. I'm predicting that yeah. they broke up just now. So then what does it look like? Are they just like awkward together now? Are they fighting? Are they yelling? What does that look like? I don't know. I think they're going to maybe she maybe she takes Callie's heart out and gives it to Mike and that's how she gets her retribution. <laughs> She's like one less bisexual like in this world. T- feels like she should take Izzy's heart, but okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, no, no. Erica believes in heterosexuals. She doesn't believe in... <laughs> oh, okay. She doesn't believe in kind of lesbians. Yeah, kind of le- lesbians, so... Uh, no, no. I don't, I don't know. I don't want them to be broken up. I actually really like them together. Han with Callie is the best version of Han. Yeah. Like, I really like her character when they're together. But I don't see it lasting past this comment. I hope yeah. I'm wrong, but I'm predicting that they're done. Okay. Well, I think that's all. Are there any other predictions you want to throw in? I predict that people are going to leave us a ton of five-star reviews is what oh I predict. Oh, my God. I would love that. Um, where, if they wanted to do a five-star review, where, where, yeah, where could they do that? on wherever you listen to your podcasts if you're on apple podcasts if you're on spotify if you're on stitcher whatever you're on if you could go ahead and leave a rating and a review if you have some time we have a lot of new friends and we hope you guys are enjoying the show as much as we are enjoying making it you can find our patreon link in the link tree in our instagram bio at Grey's academy pod you can find uh, in the episode description, you can also find our meat stick link in both of those places. You can um, follow us on Instagram at chaoticallykelsey and carmen.gabriel.official. You can email me at gracecanopypod at gmail.com if you have any emotions or feelings or anything you want to say. And um, yeah, I thank you guys so much for listening. Please continue to share us with all your friends and on social media. And if you see Carmen walking down the street. Remember, use your meat stick and no spoilies. We will see you all in the next one.